All right, final segment of the Coach McVay Show. Thankful to have Les Snead with us on this short week. The Rams are the only NFC West team to win in week one, so they take the division lead into the showdown with the Cardinals at the Coliseum. First of three straight home games here to wrap up the month of September. Uh, continuing the conversation with DeMarco Farr and Les Snead. Uh, Sean McVay did mention a couple of injuries coming out of week one, uh, and they, they both have key roles on special teams, which is interesting to kind of bridge the gap on this short week because so much of what we talked about uh, through training camp, really through the entire offseason, is formulating that 53 and eventually the 46-man roster. Uh, Mike Thomas and Farrell Cooper are large parts of that because of the roles they play on those units. Definitely. They're, you know, the 46 man's important. Mike Thomas, we've got we've got a deep receiving core. Everybody knows, you know, Brandon. Everybody knows, you know, Cooper. Everybody knows Robert. Uh, Josh Reynolds sneaks in there. Every everybody knows Farrell because of returning. But who is you know Mike Thomas? But integral party played every special teams play the other night. So big part for Bones losing him. That's a, and he's a fast guy with with toughness, and you got to be tough. Uh, as a receiver to play special teams because you go, go down and make tackles and not just you know catch balls and, mm-hmm. and make people miss, things like that. So that's a big loss that we've got to overcome from within. Uh, special teams, you missed. Greg Zerline missed one, pushed it right, but the, the one he made from – how long was that field goal? 55. 55, that would have been good for 65. I mean, when this kid lines it up, he's unbelievable. I re- You know, uh, uh, Stan – was that practice our owner and and it was funny we were up there like uh oh wait a minute this is a long field goal from the dirt but he was at the our probably our Friday or Saturday I forget how last week was every you know everything was confusing with a Monday night game mm-hmm. but I remember he lined up and probably kicked about a fifty five yarder that looked like it would have gone it probably went over the fence at CLU if you know if you if you've ever been here home run field he's like that thing would have been good from eighty so <laughs> you know when you're looking like oh fifty five from the dirt big moment because we're only up by seven a miss there they've got really good field position i know bones was very confident in greg and they lined it up and nailed it uh, talk a little bit about your uh, rookie class uh, if we can here because the design wasn't for them to play huge instrumental roles in week one and hopefully not for a period of time as they continue to develop because of how uh, accomplished and veteran the top tier of your roster is uh, but based on what you did in the spring to have so many of those draft picks still around and contributing either on the 53 or on the practice squad that you eventually formulated Right, welcome back to Trojans Live. Jordan Moore, John Jackson, and the head coach, Clay Helton. Trojan fans, the Eckrich Million Dollar Challenge is back. If you want to take the field and throw for $1 million when the Trojans host Notre Dame on November 24, visit EckrichFootball.com for your chance to win. Eckrich, the official smoked sausage and deli meat of the USC Trojans. Coach, uh, a, fam- a familiar opponent in that you saw them last season coming up, and boy, that was one heck, heck of a game at the Coliseum. Uh, you won 27-24 in double overtime last year. What did you learn about Texas? The personnel changes a little bit, but what did you learn about Texas from that game that carries over into this year? Um, well, one thing, you, you know, I got a lot of respect for the defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. Yeah. I, you know, the amount of zone pressures that he brings and how he changes it up from game to game is uh, is something special uh, because he keeps you off balance. He, it's it's one of those games that you're going to walk into knowing, okay, what, what you think you're getting is not what you're going to get, and you're going to have to be able to identify and make adjustments within game. And, and uh, Coach Orlando does a great job of that. So now, I know that going into the game because yeah. early, early in that game last, we were struggling early and had to make some adjustments. Um, uh, you know, offensively, 
uh, I see a, a quarterback that just from a I can't tell you what a year of experience does for a quarterback. Here's Sam Ellinger yeah. and his true freshman. He was a kid. He was a kid last year. Now he's a 230 pound grown man yeah. that's had a lot of reps, and you can see those reps just come into life and the maturity come into life in him. I think Coach Herman's done a great job with him. Um, one, he's using him in the run game. He's he's averaging 40 yards a game with his legs. So now you got to now you got to defend both a good runner and Trey Watson, and you know. And a uh, runner in the quarterback, but outside, uh, what what they're doing with you know what they're doing with Colin Johnson and Jordan Humphrey, um, they're hitting their deep balls, and you know four half of their points right now are because of those explosive deep ball plays setting them up, and um, they're the reason they they won the game at Tulsa. Really, the reason that they were in, stayed in the game with Maryland yeah. is they were, is the explosives outside, and Sam's done a good job of, of being deadly accurate on the outside. Yeah, I did want to follow up on Todd Orlando because I, I remember from the all the draft stuff that everyone said, if you look at Sam Darnold's tape, Baker Mayfield's tape, and Mason Rudolph's tape, three of the mm-hmm. top quarterbacks last year, they all played one of their worst games against Texas, and yeah. I was wondering what that theme is, that even against those veteran quarterbacks, that they yeah. were pre- presented with some unique problems with Texas. Yeah, you know, usually you walk into a game as a quarterback and as an offensive staff, and you walk in there and you, you know what you're getting. You see the tendencies of here comes safety rotation, here comes pressure, here comes cover three. Well, you may get that same that same pressure but Todd will change up the coverage next week and void a zone, and you're like, "Why in the world are they doing that?" But it's it's really to fool the quarterback, you know, and and to make him make poor decisions. Um, and he brings it from everywhere. Uh, credit to him. Very aggressive play caller. Um, trusts his kids to make plays, and and they did against us last year yeah. as well as several people. When it comes to styles and conferences, I mean, the, the Pac-12 is more a wide open style, mm-hmm. and of course now you're in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. so you know styles change. How much does that change, you know, thought process from a coaching standpoint in terms of game planning? I mean, is it, is it one of those things that you have to take into account the style that they play and sort of readjust your thinking maybe? Yeah, you know, if you remember last year, this was a 90-play game for our defense. And in, our defense played really well up until the fourth quarter, and then we got gassed. Tired. We got gassed and, and got some late scores. Um, you know, they are a no-huddle offense. Um, they can go fast if they want They want to go fast. It reminds us a lot of our league, uh, Texas does. Um, they are going to want to run mostly 11 personnel, three wides and a tight and, and a tailback. Um, they're going to do a lot of the zone read uh, opportunities for the quarterback. Um, and they're going to have the wrinkles uh, of the perimeter game as well as the deep ball game. So it, it's it's a game that that is more similar to our conference um, as far as the, the spread teams. The crowd noise will put so much pressure on your offensive mm-hmm. line. Where are they through two games? You talked about some of the strengths in the yeah. run game against Stanford. There were some sacks given up, sort mm-hmm. of the opposite against mm-hmm. UNLV, where they were mm-hmm. very strong in the mm-hmm. past game, but but took a while to establish the run mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Where, do, where do you feel like they are as a unit right now? Um, I think they're in a good place. You know, one, they're healthy, uh, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, they're healthy, they're, they're deep. Um, Two, I, I think they're I think they're doing a really nice job in the run game um, as far as uh, from game one to game two. Um, we had a couple unique pressures that I thought got to us. We had two yeah. physical beats, um, and then and then two pressures with twist game that just that got our got our tackles. 
Um, you know, but overall, I'm pleased with where where they're at and how they're growing. I need that run game to continue. To be yeah. honest with you, and um, um, but they they had a great practice today. Uh, they look tied together uh, to me, and they're going to need to be going down to Austin. You know, the one thing you alluded to earlier is last year the Trojan defense got a little bit tired, or the team actually got a little bit tired, but mainly I want to talk about defense. Clancy's rotations were a lot tighter last year. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of guys are getting opportunities to play. You know, you know, be a ton of guys played last week. Mm-hmm. You know, several guys played. Mm-hmm. Is he comfortable with that kind of rotation? Because I know that no. was a topic that uh, no. fans were looking forward yeah. to trying to solve. No, I, I think that uh, he's done a really nice job. Even even in last week's game, if you watched the packages that he rolled in there, you saw so many big people going in. I mean, whether it's Peely or Marlin, um, you know, even Liam, Liam Jemmons yep. was in. Um, he, Christian Rector, he, you know, he rolled in so many different packages, playing so many big men. It, it was only a 57-play game, you know, so we did stay fresh. Now we're going to 80-90 play game. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot more like UNLV, where we're, I think we're going to have to roll in waves um, to to be able to stay fresh. It is going to be 100,000 people. It's going to be a prime time game. They are foaming at the mouth, ready to go. If you read anything mm-hmm. down there. Historically speaking, in your career, what's the antidote to diffusing a, a crowd in an atmosphere like that? Um, playing good functional football, you know, it's um, clean football. You know, it reminds you. I remember walking into Washington a couple of years ago, yep. and the electricity of that crowd that place and, was jumping, and it was jumping, and just we just did our job down after down after down after down. I think that's what you have to do. You know, is is you have to be those drives that just take the heart uh, out of the crowd. Um, you know, uh, this is going to be a great game. It's a it's a great game for both fan bases. It's the reason you play the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you talk about USC Texas, it gives you the goosebumps right now, <laughs> um, just to have that opportunity. So, um, uh, you know, I have not been in that stadium. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being down there, being in that atmosphere, and uh, I know our kids are excited about it too. You know, special teams didn't play much of a role last week, mainly because their kicker was kicking everything in the end zone, and there was a lot of fair catches and things of that nature. How do you get special teams to become more a part of the game for the Trojans? Because I know that your pride, and Coach John Baxter prides himself in that that being an advantage for USC. Well, I'm very proud of where they're at right now. If you look in the opening game, what what they did when they, we call it get a pitch to hit. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you look at the punt return average in the first game; it was twenty one point three. You, you look at an explosive seventy three yard kickoff return by Stephen Carr. Where I was proud, we didn't get the pitch to hit, but look at the kickoff coverage team. Kickoff coverage team made him start at the minus sixteen yeah. and the minus seven. Yeah. You, you know, to be able to to be able to start and to pin him down there. Our punt team pinned him down on the five. And then, and then inside the 20 on the two sting punts. So yeah. we made, as far as establishing field position, I thought they did a great job. You just don't get the oohs and ahs of the return because <laughs> yeah. there's just not a pitch yeah. to hit. Yeah. They, yeah. they kept it away from the returners. I thought their punter was maybe one of the most valuable players oh. in that game. Yeah. We talk about field yeah. position was mm-hmm. so important, mm-hmm. and he really was, uh, was big both in kickoffs mm-hmm. and in punts. Uh, last thing, uh, you're, you're very familiar with Texas and then mm-hmm. the storms that's, that come with it. Do you, do you prepare for <laughs> rain? And, and there's a chance of it. It seems yeah. I look at the forecast and it said every single day there's a yeah. chance of thunderstorms. So I think it's just yeah. the time of year. It's that time of year where you're going to get some thunder bumpers. It's gonna, it's <laughs> probably will rain and they're calling sixty percent chance. And and we worked it today. Uh, whether uh, it was wet balls, whether center quarterback exchange, we worked it in run mesh. Uh, we actually donated dedicated a period with our wideouts and quarterbacks soaking the balls, taking the gloves off, having to make. <laughs> 
make those body catches, Jake. Oh, you know man, that. no gloves. You, you end up having to make those body catches, having to keep the light grip on the ball as a quarterback. So we worked all three phases. We'll do it again tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. So each day they'll get uh, they'll get 20 minutes worth of work, just wet ball, uh, just wet ball material. All right, on to more important story is Sam Darnold. Yeah. Let's talk about him last night. I mean, give us your experience of what you saw from it, especially early. Um, I, I tell you, I got to see the first pass right before <laughs> right before we went out to practice it, and uh, it, he tried to throw the, the wheel on uh, the, the trick play wheel for a pick six, and, and as soon as he walked off and I saw that smirk, which I've seen a thousand <laughs> times, that smirk of, oh, you got me, but wait till I, wait, wait till I get back out there. We walked out to practice and I told the boys, I said, boys, know this. When we walk back in here, they're going to be in the lead, and he'll be on fire. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. And so and we did. And we walked back in, had family dinner uh, <laughs> with, with our team, and got to watch the rest of it. And and uh, it was just Sam being Sam. So proud yeah. of him, yeah. what he's accomplishing. Just a great kid and, and uh, really a, a great model of what a Trojan is. A heck of a debut. He's the toast of New York right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we got a big one on Saturday, folks. Kickoff at 5 p.m. Pacific. Pre-game starts at 3 p.m. on ESPN LA, 7 10 with me, JJ and Sean, and the coach will lead his team in the battle in Austin, Texas. So it should be a fun one to watch.